Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of maker moms and the life they lead. Each week I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new maker mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running freemanfurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at makermompodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hi, and welcome to episode 10 of the Maker Mom podcast. On today's episode, I have the joy and privilege of talking with Megan from Sweet Aloha Designs. Um, unfortunately, there were some technical difficulties and the sound quality is not superb, but it's definitely still worth a listen for the little bits of nuggets that Megan provides about her journey to being a maker mom. So why don't we go ahead and get started. Here. All right, so um, Megan, you are Sweet Aloha Designs, correct? Uh, on Instagram. All right. Uh, can you give just a little introduction of yourself? What's your, you know, what do you do? What do you make? Um, a little bit about your kids, family life. I am a mother for, I have um, three sons, one daughter. My oldest boy is about to turn 22. and they are, He's married and they're expecting their first baby in April. So not only mama, but a grandmother. <laughs> And my second son is 20. Uh, he's dating a girl with a little boy, so he's been around for the last couple of years, so we've already kind of had some practice with um, being a grandmother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, my only daughter is 15, and then I have a 13-year-old son. And um, I was a nurse at 13 years, left my career to become a full-time worker here, and quickly learned that I am not one to like reproduce things. I don't I don't like the production line. I am kind of like a one-off, maybe even a two-off type of person. And then I also do not like super big builds. I, and when I have clients come in that are asking things that I know that I'm not great at, it's hard for me to say no, but I'm kind of learning as I go along. So I found myself getting frustrated with working when it was my passion. And then I can get into how I got I found woodworking um, as we get further along. But um, I decided I did not want to be a full-time woodworker with doing the work that I was doing. So I got a part-time job so that I could have regular income and kind of morphed my business into what I wanted. I, I want to design furniture. I want to do content creation. I don't mind doing some builds for clients, but I didn't want to have to be working 18 hour days and builds just to make things neat. And I know that there's got to be another way, but I quite quickly learned that it just wasn't for me. So I'm in a really good spot right now with working a part time job, doing woodworking still full time. Um, also, Instagram is full time. So I, I started on Instagram. I'm coming up on two years. I gotta look back and see that date. I don't know my Instagram birthday, but um, I that has been 
something that has really motivated me. I have found a lot of great people and friends and makers and um, mentors even. So I try to keep up with Instagram as much as possible, but it is going to be really, really hard. And I kind of miss the early days of having just a few um, people that I followed and followers, but I'm also very thankful for where I'm at right now because I am building my brand and building me and I like to share that with everyone. I just kind of miss that intimacy of being able to see everybody else's work and the conversations that we used to have. So um, it's hard to find that balance because I have two jobs and I'm a mom of four and I'm you know, trying to keep up with social media. So right now for me, the biggest thing is finding balance with everything. And I think that's pretty much everybody across the board is how you find that balance and where, where do you fit in the, the time to be on social media and respond to people and, um, and you know and you got to do laundry and you know when I'm covered in sawdust and I'm like I've got to switch the laundry over you know that's like hard I gotta vacuum myself off and take off my boots and come in the house switch the laundry and then go back out so it's just yeah it's like that's the key I want I want to know the secret to that <laughs> yeah I don't I definitely don't think you're alone there and. I don't want to say balance is impossible, but I think we have to like redefine what balance means <laughs> because it's not going to be perfectly equal across everything like we want. You know, I think everybody wants to do it all. Um, I feel like. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we're kind of made to be that way as women. Like, yeah, it is our our job in society's eyes, or at least way back when, and it's still kind of trickling on down the, the line here even in the 20th century that we're the ones that make dinner we're the ones that do the laundry we're the ones that keep the house going we're the ones that take care of the kids but we also want to be makers to do what makes us happy not that the others that i mean i don't love housework but you know like it's it, it has to be done and yeah you know, my husband's he's good he keeps up with outside stuff um but scrubbing toilets is just not yeah and I also feel like um, as far as like paying attention to kind of other makers other moms on Instagram lately I feel like everybody's been sharing a very similar story like I don't know if it's just that fall time of year like we all feel kind of like overwhelmed and a little bit crazy right now <laughs> I'm right there like this is the first year I haven't really decorated outside and I feel super guilty for that, but it's so, it's, I mean, it's not even a big deal at all, but I think we want our kids to have these great memories and we want to do all the fun things, the pumpkin carving, and, you know, make sure that they have the best costume in their eyes, you know, like they look great and they feel great. And um, for me, I have to keep notes a lot. I'm, so, I'm actually I'm surrounded by paper right now. <laughs> and it's all different notes of like, what's going on with the kids. And I have a calendar too, but for me, it's therapeutic to write things out so I can remember them. So you know, when the kids have school dances and when they have their Halloween parties or when I have time to even take them shopping to get anything. And so again, you know, it's that balance and trying to fit things in. And my kids, now that they're older, it's, it's a little bit easier, but then it's harder in a sense because this is the age that they need their mom and they need that um, like reassurance because they're 
one's in high school and the other's in his last year of middle school. And this is like an awkward stage for them. So I think my youngest, um, um, sorry, he kind of hates to his own drum. He keeps his hair long, he plays the viola, he's very artistic. He just started showing interest in designing furniture and he's actually drawing up plans and teaching him how to read a tape measure. And he, but he's an introvert. He's very, very shy um, and has some social anxiety. So to everybody else in society, he's weird and not like super accepted, um, which he has a lot of friends, but he's also big one. And so that's like me trying to, to be there for him, but also not fight his battles. And that was a constant, it's a constant for me. Um, so it's, it's a lot, it's a lot on our plate. And, you know, how do we take care of ourselves? So we're taking care of them and our business and our clients and, and our husbands. And it's a lot. And, and I feel like moms and maker moms, especially don't get enough credit for doing the things that they do and in the balance. And one of the things on Instagram that I try to do is be real. Like, I am human and I am not perfect. Um, I will share the things that I'm, I'm going through to an extent. I don't think anybody really wants to know every little fine detail, but um, I want to relate to others and know that um, there's people out there that can gain hope or inspiration from something I'm going through or even just relate and be like, yes, I'm going to do that too. Oh my gosh, I'm not alone. And that's huge. And I, I want people to feel connected that way. So I'm pretty sure that every mama has the same kind of story that I do when it comes to that. Um, mine might be a little bit different with having the older kids. Um, I have one that, the one that is second baby he's going to be coming back home this summer so he and his wife the navy and um, because they're expecting the baby they're going to go ahead and um, leave the navy and come home and so super excited about that so that'll be a new chapter of my life is being a grandma to a brand new baby it's exciting but so that's going to be adding one more thing to that balance plate Right. But it's a good thing to be a young grandma. My grandma was a young grandma. She was 40 when I was born. So I feel like, you know, I got to experience her in like a younger age. And I don't know. I I appreciate that. I think like it's a set of different memories. Well, that makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have the grandma hair. And I'm like, wait, what? No, no, yes, no. Like, statistic. And kind of the same thing with us human being makers like in mm -hmm. mainly a, a man's field of work like we will defy these odds <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right exactly. maybe the new case of what grandma's <laughs> i'm kidding yes but i'm excited for that chapter um but again another another thing that i'm gonna have to learn about yep yep um, I don't doubt that you will manage through it though <laughs> thank you i appreciate it <laughs> Um, so I know, like you said, you kind of mm, fairly recently, I think, kind of switched maybe solely from woodworking focus to the content creation. Um, but, you know, to me, they're all still, it's making. Um, 
the content creation, you're still making a, a physical aspect, but um, if people, you know, I do um, YouTube videos as well. So I understand that <laughs> just the video aspect of it to me is making as well. It's a creative aspect as well and can make your builds take two to three times longer depending how much, you know, you want to like set up that camera angle and um, make sure that you're getting those shots. So um, how long though did you get started just in making in general, like in the, in the woodworking? It was about five years ago. I think I'm coming up on five years. So I think I'm in this next to like four year mark and coming up on five years. Um, I, I honestly started by doing the furniture flipping and uh, we needed some furniture for the house. I was working on an end table for the living room and the top was like a mirror top and it had warped a little bit. And I remember thinking like, and it did and it was it looked perfect and I changed the, the stain and the poly and painted the base white and I was so proud of that project that I kept going it was for me it was just so therapeutic and it started because my oldest son went to the Navy you know, not many mamas talk about their kids leaving the house and how hard that is. And you raised them from birth to he was 18 when he left. And I've, I've always been a very active mom, so involved with Boy Scouts. I was on the board of the whole upstate South Carolina Scouts. So I wasn't just a den mom. I went all the way to the top. And for me, it just gave me the... Uh, I guess it just made me feel like I was being a, a better mom. I don't know. I don't, I've always been an overdoer. Um, and then the same thing with ROTC. So we send it ROTC for four years and I was the treasurer for the board um, during school. And, and for me too, I kind of sneak in watch my kids and see what they're doing and just be proud of, of them and get a little bit of that inside view that not many of us get to see at school. So anyway, that, um, when he went to the Navy, all of that just came to a, just a halt. It stopped. And then I felt kind of lost. And granted, I still had three kids at home, but I, you know, someone was missing it was my son. And I really didn't know how to handle that. And started to have some depression and found myself constantly in his room, sniffing his pillow. You know, just like I felt like I lost him, and I couldn't talk to him for months. He, um, when he went in, he went in for special intelligence, and he was part of their drill team there, and he's in the triple threat zone, so we weren't able to have much contact at all. And I remember calling, so I'm like, gosh, it's been months since I've talked to him. I just want to know he's okay. And I called up there to the Navy base. <laughs> One of the, the ladies said, Mama, you got to cut that and go with the board. He's ours now. And that was the hardest thing that I ever heard. And I, that's when the depression kind of hit um, me, where I realized I was depressed. And I found putting my energy into fixing things, the furniture, painting, sanding, kept me occupied. And it kind of sparked. Well, it didn't kind of, it really sparked something in my soul. 
and I started to look at the furniture and it was kind of simple to like really get it was put together. And my husband had another saw that I got on a couple of Christmases prior to this. And I thought, you know what, how hard can it be to just make stuff? And I went out into the garage, I found some scrap wood of his and just started cutting and like turning the angles on the the miter saw and just cutting all day, cutting, cutting, cutting. I didn't even make anything. I just I was trying to teach myself how to cut. And I probably got my fingers way too close to that blade, to be honest. But I did it. It was so empowering. And from that moment on, it has been almost like a drug and has suppressed the depression for me. I feel like a whole different person. I feel like I found my calling. It is everything that I've been missing for myself. And I think that when I was on these boards and being the treasure and all that, I was trying to find that thing that was missing, trying to find me. And I always, I always felt kind of lost. Um, even as a nurse, I just, I loved my job, but I just felt like this is, this is not what I'm meant to do until I started making. And now I know this is it. And I think for, for many of us, we know we found our calling and it's just feeling that you can't even really describe it, but it's an amazing feeling that you don't want it to go away and so we just keep making yeah i would i would agree i think they're um all makers you know regardless gender or anything is just that spark and it definitely i agree it, it feeds your soul um i've in my shop and talking with people, I have um, likened making or working with wood to um, a spiritual, uh, you know, experience to me. Like to me, it's, it's you know, you just kind of get in the zone and you feel at peace and it's awesome, especially if you are stressed out and, um, the you know. concept of time. No, no. It just is, it's, it fixes everything. Especially when you're, like you said, in the zone and you're just like doing what you want to do. And it, and it is, it's, it's a spiritual feeling for me too. I feel that. And, and I know I, I've been so thankful and I, I know I've said it out loud many, many times. I think, 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 think mm -hmm. for this because I don't know what I would do without it. Mm -hmm. I, yep. i letting it go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, exactly. So was that miter saw, doing that miter saw cutting, was that your first experience with uh, maybe a larger tools? tool? Yeah. Just with tools in general? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, and my husband came home like, what are you doing? <laughs> Let me see your fingers. And I'm like, I'm fine. What are you talking about? I'm a pro now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so was that, I mean... It doesn't sound like you're intimidated at all, but was there any level of intimidation to step up to that saw and just start cutting? Um, no, well, I will say the very first time I hit that button, and it, I had to kind of figure it out too because there's a safety, but it didn't take me long. But that, that first initial start when the blade starts spinning, and it was kind of up high and it's up by my face. Luckily, the guard is on there, but there was, I have a different saw now, but um, that feeling of, oh, <laughs> oh, it's on. <laughs> it 
that was pretty awesome. But for me, it didn't scare me or intimidate me. It was more like, oh, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> uh, now, with the table saw, I'll say that was a little different. And I didn't jump into a table saw until probably, I don't know, it had to have been months down the road. Probably not been more than six months, but uh, my brother-in-law brought his table saw over and showed me how to use it. And then he's like, hey, your turn. I'm like, wait, I'm not ready. <laughs> what do you mean? It's fine. You just do it for me. And he forced me to do it. And I I know I was sweating. My heart was pounding. There's no safety guard on that. And it's a contractor saw. And it was a little old. And kind of rickety. Um, but I did it. And after a few passes, it was kind of like back with the matter saw. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to do it again. And I just want to cut it. And I feel like I've had that with every single car tool I've ever had. Like, there's a little bit of uncertainty and am I going to be okay with this? Or, and I don't know, more of like a, I've mastered every tool that I've used. How is this one going to be? You know, and I think this far into the game, I already know now that I'll be fine. I just need to play with it. Uh, like being a hand, the electric hand plane, um, I gouged, oh my gosh. That was probably the worst thing ever. I was almost done with the bench and I had a deadline I had to make. And I think it was probably two days out. And I was like, well, let me just try this brand new electric hand thing. See how it goes on this top. Not using scrap wood, of course, using my almost done project. And I took the biggest gouge out of the edge of it. <laughs> I remember being so angry with myself, like, why did I do this? And uh, my husband showed me how to fix it, and I was thankful for that. So it was um, a hard lesson after that to get back into a new tool. Like, oh, man, I'm going to mess this up, too. But then you just do it, and it's fine. And if you mess up, it's wood. You can fix it. No big deal. I think it's probably a good thing that you have that reaction to uh, coming around to tools quickly, especially if you're doing projects with Izzy Swan now, who doesn't. <laughs> no safety. No safety whatsoever. Very, very cool contraptions he makes, but no safety whatsoever. <laughs> no, and we were just talking about um, how I need to wear a mask, and I have asthma, really bad asthma, so I try to stay protected all the time. Um, there's a few times when you'll catch me where I'm not wearing it, but I I really do try. And I was in the shop, and there's just sawdust everywhere. And I'm like, mask on, but how do I tell him? <laughs> like, is he gonna kick me out of here? And he is so sweet and humble, like he would never. But we were just getting to know each other, and like, oh my god, mask on. <laughs> and he ended up giving me. He has a huge box of PPE stuff. Like, here, 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 here. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't sound like when you got started, you didn't really intend to turn it into a business. You know, you were using it kind of to help uh, your own mental health, which is awesome. Um, so at what point did you go, hmm, maybe I could turn this into something? Um, when the orders just kept pouring in, it was word of mouth and never advertised. And I was making money, and I thought, I think this is real. <laughs> I think I have to like claim this money. Uh, and I and my brother-in-law, the same one that helped me with the table saw, he helps my sister with her business. So he does all the behind-the-scenes paperwork and stuff. 
they said, hey, you know, I can help you with that. It's really easy, and it's not a whole lot of money to get started, and can we still be protected? So this is how it happened. And the day that I got my business license was the day that I left university. The same day. It was like I knew, knew this is where I was supposed to be. And it's hard. It's still hard. But it is everything that I have been looking for and wanted. And, and when when it's meant to be, like, you will grind. You will, you, it doesn't matter how hard it gets. You, and you'll have your, your moments of second guessing, but it doesn't last long. It's, you still have that same feeling of when you are making, like, this is, this is what I'm meant to do. This is what I want to do. And it could be harder than the hardest job I've ever had, but I'm going to make this work no matter what. And I just, for a long time, I, I, I would grind 18 more days, grind, grind, grind. Well, this time, two years ago, I, so I quit my job in November of 2016, my nursing job. And that was when my business was legit. And so it was right before Christmas. I remember getting 40, I think it was 47 orders for these wood trees that I made out of pallet. I did a bunch of pallet when I first started out. And I needed to find more pallets. So we went around to all these stores and I found two truckloads of pallets. And I probably should post a picture of that because it's funny. We drove all around town, like pallets were just like teetering out of the bed of the truck. And my poor neighbors were like, what the heck is she doing? And I have these stacks and mounds of pallets all on the side of my house. And I took all of them apart. My husband helped too. But we, we took them apart and broke them down. And I made, I think I made, I think I made like 50 something trees out of them. And so I, they were all just a 45 on the ends. And I made stands for them. And then I did like a whitewash on them and sprayed them with some poly paint. Then. And so, and I think most of them have the stars on top. But it was sold like crazy. And Scott was like, yes, I can do it. <laughs> I, I am a successful business. <laughs> and then after Christmas uh, hit, and that's when you see that roll, everybody's broke. And there's not a whole lot of business. And so I was trying to figure out now what. So I had this up and down thing for a long time, trying to keep that balanced. But then at the same time, like I mentioned earlier, it was like, I got a bill that was kind of plain and it wasn't, it wasn't really what I wanted. I really didn't like the design, but I still had to make it. I resented that bill from beginning to end and could not wait to get it delivered into their house and like, hi, Nara. And I was like, do I really want my name on these? You know, if I'm not designing them and what is, if I don't like it, what is the majority of other people going to think? If they don't like it, but it's attached to Sweet Aloha Designs, like, is this what I really want? So from then on, I said, okay, all of my builds are going to have a little bit of my designing, so we're going to talk back and forth about options. And everybody was okay with that, surprisingly. And it made things a little easier, but that was for me, um, kind of need them, but I'm not great with them. Yeah, I don't know if that's everybody else. <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, 
honestly, it's, I'm kind of the same way. So when I got started, it's not, I didn't have anybody like, you know, pounding on my door saying, can you make this for me? Um, I went out of the gate with my own designs and just making it. And I'm like, well, it's not, if you make it, you know, they will come type of thing, but I'm like, eventually somebody's going to like this style. And so, you know, it's just basically getting things out into like interior designer showrooms and different local places and stuff like that as my design. And the few times I've taken like a custom job and ha you know, they have been the main designer behind it. I'm like you, I tend to resent it from start to finish um, because I'm like, there's no creativity in it for me whatsoever. Like there's nothing in there that says me. Um, so I've started doing more like, you know, uh, my thing is to dye wood. So if I get, you know, a couple tables out there with different colors, like I'll say, I'll customize the color for you, but the actual table design will not change. The only thing you get to customize is what, is what the color is of it, you know? Um, and that's been received well. Like I've gotten, you know, more orders like that. So I think it's like, at least for me, it was finding that fine line of like, where am I willing to let a customer have their say because I want them to be happy with whatever they purchase. But, you know, I also can't let them drive the whole design just because it's just like you. I'm like, I don't want to resent that thing so much. And I feel like I put negative energy into it um, and it goes into somebody else's home. Like, right. I just, yeah. People come to you because of your specific design ideas and, and your branding. And I did, it, I didn't know that right away. I was so ignorant. I'm still ignorant, but super, super ignorant when I first started with, like, how do you make me out of it? And I just was building what everybody wanted me to build until I did, you know, post off to it, like, oh, okay, we're going to compromise this. And it made me feel a little better, but not 100%. And... I still felt like it wasn't me. And I wasn't really calling the shots on my stuff that has my name to it. Um, so that was why the recent change in getting a part-time job so I can kind of work into this. What is what is your real part designs? What is my branding? If you look at my work, could you tell that was mine? And how do I stand out from other people? So I'm still trying to find my fingers down the road. Um, and I think that's pretty normal. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of trial and error for me. <laughs> but I'm sure that's going to change too as I learn new skills. And I'm exploring different uh, design ideas. I'm still going to, I think, change in more custom design. So you'll see Sue Love off in the very beginning that was building these pallet trees to hopefully down the road something that you would be like, holy cow, that is awesome, that is amazing. And that's all I ever want is like people to know my work. And well that double that double waterfall table you did was amazing. It was gorgeous. I'm actually sitting at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's it's gonna be replaced here in the next week or two. Yeah. But some of it's on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, I love that design. And um, I think I've, I've watched and kind of seen how your design has morphed. So, and I would agree, yes, it's totally normal. Um, I feel like the first year of my business, I was just like floundering around and kind of experimenting with a bunch of different styles and stuff. Uh, where this year I felt like, I felt like I've kind of hit my groove a little bit and know where I'm going a little bit more. I struggled more though on the sense of like, where do I want to go as a business? Like this making makes me feel really good, right? That's mainly why I'm doing it, but for myself, but I'm like, but it's gotta be larger than me. How do I turn this into something that, uh, you know, it sounds maybe a bit pretentious, but how do I turn this into something that can change the world in some way, shape, or form? Yeah. How do I give back keep, to this? thinking that and working yeah. on that. Don't give up on that. <laughs> so, I mean, that's what, you know, there, that's, that's why I mean by like thinking about where I want to take my business, right? So what's the mission behind the business? Not just about me enjoying myself in the shop and, and getting to make stuff, but how do how do I transform the, at least the world around me going yeah, forward? That's that's partially where this podcast came from, you know, stuff I'll like see. that. It stuff yeah. comes from that thought. That's right. Um, so I would say you're not alone. I think everybody, I, I sometimes I feel it's about every three months, like I can look back at the last three months and see how things have changed yeah. and progressed. Like I think it's constantly changing. That's a good thing is to reflection and you know what honestly i the only time i do reflect is when i'm trying to find a post for instagram for the day and i'm going back to all my old builds and so recently because i've changed gears i'm not building as much as quickly so i'm having to go back to all my old stuff and post it and then i'm like i don't know if i want to put that on there because i'm not even doing that stuff anymore but it's just i think it's kind of nice because on instagram there's so many different levels of makers and people that are just starting out or people that have been here like Izzy for three years and I think everybody can take a little bit of appreciation for what you've done, what you're doing, where you're going. So I've, I've been reflecting every time I dig through those pictures but that is just kind of like a, a surface reflection. I haven't really thought how far I've come from that miter saw day, you know, and 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 not only it skills mindset, like I am, I feel like a completely different person now than I was when I left my nursing career. I think I was what society needed me to be, what my patients needed me to be, um, somewhat fake. I I don't I wasn't purposely fake, but I wasn't true to me. Whereas now, I don't care because I'm my own boss and I will do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. And I don't care if people don't like it. It's, it makes me happy. And I hope in turn that inspires people to do the same. Like we're not all carbon copies of each other. We all speak the same language, but a little differently. So like your designs are completely different from mine. And that's what makes me super special. And that's what makes me special. And we can appreciate that. And so it's kind of the same thing for me with my my personality. And I've, I've always wanted to inspire people. I've always been a nurturer, you know, a loving person. 
There's also this other little edge of me that I could repress for a long time. And I think I was afraid to let people see that I love having muscles. I I can get an attitude, you know. I can I can be a butthead sometimes. <laughs> and I am stubborn, I am hard headed, you know, and I I really happily admit those things. I am human and I'm kind of exploring that side of me while still being loving and nurturing, but being open to the fact that there is this other side that could bring bring something to my builds. Like our builds are our language that we're speaking, right? So we envision these things. A lot of times my builds may sound really weird, but it comes to me in my dreams. And then I want to make them a reality. And so I start drawing like sketch. I don't do sketch like on computer. Um, I've tried it, but for me, like it, it's just just drawing. It's so therapeutic. And I start drawing that, that design that I envision. And then there's no there's no measurement. And for me, that's like me speaking a language that I can't speak, you know? That makes sense. Um, it does make sense. I, I do. Uh, I just do it a little differently. Like I don't do a lot of SketchUp either. <laughs> Most of the time, it's just a, a thought in my head, and then it's like, okay, I need to go to the shop and and work it out. And sometimes I get halfway through and go, mm, need to put that aside until I like really solidify this vision. Um, but that's what I say. My dying is like um, in person. If I meet somebody, I am not very necessarily like uh, assertive or or bold in any way shape or form so I say I let my pieces speak for me and make them bright and bold and a bit obnoxious as far as how bright the colors are um, because like you said that's like my own language it's like okay it, it's inside I'm still yearning to be bold I haven't figured out how to make that happen personality wise so so it's got to come out in my pieces then that is awesome. And I love that you know that. And, and I think that is where we're very similar because that's how our builds are starting to change and morph is finding this other side of me that I knew was always there, but just never really let people know. I mean, my husband knows. <laughs> he knows I'm a button. <laughs> he's, he's pretty gentle with it uh, for the most part. But I, I think there's just this, like, I can be on me. And I want that, to, that edge to come out in my designs, you know? And I don't want them to just be what everybody else is doing. I've never been one to follow the crowd. I appreciate what they're doing. And I appreciate like, all the river tables are gorgeous, gorgeous. And I, maybe one day I'll do one just so I can say I did one. But that was never like, oh, I have to do it because everybody else is doing it. It's more like, well, what can I do different? What can I do that speaks to me and hopefully will speak to everybody else? And I encourage people to just speak their language that they're not really speaking, you know? And just tap into those um, creative resources that are kind of suppressed. And I'm so excited because this build I'm doing right now, I'm actually, this is the, the first time that I've had my husband really helped me with the build. So he's always been kind of like Quasimodo. And the, the river coffee table, I mentioned um, earlier, he, it was his idea to put the live edge drawers, uh, drawer faces on, and it totally changed the build. 
like he's got the designer and he doesn't love woodworking but he loves partnering with me to do stuff so this film is the two of us like our personalities kind of combined together and i'm so excited to see this finished product because i feel like it will be a really good mixture of him and me and i am just so glad to see it <laughs> It sounds really awesome. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. Uh, so what would you say, I mean, I feel like you've, you've touched on it quite a bit, but um, maybe we'll just dive into shop talk a bit. What's your favorite tool to use? Oh, I'm a hand tool person. Okay. I love, I have a number five and a half um, that I could just use all day long. <laughs> I love hand starting to do some chisel work um, and with this build that i'm doing now i'm going to do a little bit of um inlay work and it's intricate inlay work so um, i'm excited but nervous so so nervous it's kind of the same thing like with a new art book. um i'm still fairly new to chisels and the prime work with chisels and i want to in the future be a master classroom like it's just so good beautiful. I love it. So that would be my favorite tool is the, the hand planes and if it was a car tool. It's hard to narrow it down. My I have a 12-inch dual slider um, compound miter saw and that thing is a beast, and it's like as big as me. So I feel powerful when I'm using it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, how about favorite wood species to work with? Walnut. 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 Yes. I any chance I get if I see a good deal on walnut, I'm on it. I, I just I love the smell of it. I love the grains. I love especially air dried black walnut. That's what that coffee table was made out of, mm -hmm. and that is what this new desk was made out of. And I asked my kids, um, so we have a couple of design ideas for the two of them. Side note here, I made them design their own pieces. So they asked me to build them, one asked me to build a desk, the other asked me to build a van. I'm like, you guys have to design it, and we will build And I asked them what species of wood they wanted, and they didn't really know the difference. Yes. So I was like, okay, what? Oh, do you want it? <laughs> I have, I have both um, white and red in the shop. I have some maple mm -hmm. in the walnut right now. And I also have some pine in there. It's a purple art and signal. So I'm showing them. And it's, we can go shopping. We can go look. We can do whatever. Like cedar would be beautiful as a top, especially for my daughter's family. Awesome. She goes, um, I think I want to go with walnut. <laughs> Everything in the house is going to be walnut. <laughs> <laughs> That's so walnut really great. Yeah, I'm a big fan of walnut. Um, though recently I'm starting to really, really love hard maple. I just love some of the grains that come out. Um, and especially with, uh, with dyeing, like the dye on top of some of those grain structures is just really really cool but walnut is really cool dye too um it takes on purple like amazing like really? purple walnut is just like oh <laughs> like it's the oh, best ever i have to do some dye instead of some zebra wood yeah <laughs> oh 
Good job on that. Yeah. Um, all right. So what, this is always a tough question. Um, what would you say is your favorite part about being a maker? Um, there, I don't know if I can pick just one, but like that feeling, that feeling of spirituality and contentment. There's no worry in the world. Um, I have to say, I get that same feeling when I'm working out too. So I am doing CrossFit and I'm training. You know, I can train for three plus hours and I get that same feeling of just like no cares in the world. And if, Here's the other thing, I'm sure every maker has this. The brain never shuts off. Like it's constantly going and thinking and researching. You know, it's just always on. And when I'm actually in a build and I, I've already envisioned it, I know where I'm going, I don't hear anything. Like it's off. My brain is off. And I am in complete like, zen mode. And absolutely like I want that feeling every single day and it's addicting so that's probably my favorite part of it it's just the feeling that it gives me all right uh so an even harder question for you what's your favorite part about being a mom well, they're just so darn cute <laughs> um well I guess it goes with that feeling too just like I can be so proud of what they're doing and they're like, they're the, I made them. Yeah, I was a maker a long time ago. <laughs> that's my, that's my like secret held belief is that all moms are made to be makers because we make our children. <laughs> so it's, it's within us. Yeah. Hard work. Uh, I was told a long, long time ago by my midwife, um, and actually surprisingly, I worked with her before she delivered my kiddos. And she just looked at me and said, you were made to be And it just like made me melt. It made my heart feel so happy. And from that moment on, I've, I've tried to be the best mom that I could be. And I have a really rough background. And I haven't let a lot of people in on that yet, but it's coming down the road. I probably have a YouTube video on that. Um, so, you know, from the start to where I am now and how I got here. Um, but I wanted my kids to have a different thing. And I wanted them to be open-minded with other people. Um, everybody is different. Um, we all believe the same, but we need to embrace that we are different. And that's why with my youngest being, um, leading to his own drum, why I can be so proud because I can see that I am still what I had always wanted to instill in my children and my kids, a carbon copy of what I wanted for my kids, for our society. And you know, they will be, they are our future. That's my favorite part of me. <laughs> but it's true. I wanted them to be able to be role models. And I'm so proud that they have been. Powder ups and downs. Of course, I have four kiddos. That's a lot of kids to me. <laughs> but I, the, the feeling that they give me, um, I feel special. I feel like, well, man, they picked me. 
and so blessed. So I absolutely love the you know, surprises that they bring. I love, I love the love that they give me. And that love is probably the greatest love that I've ever felt in my life. And that's that's awesome and i think it's awesome with your two youngest how you have them designing the pieces that uh they wanted made and it sounded like you said you were gonna have them help make it too they are yeah that's the requirement <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's really awesome i'm, I'm uh, curious to see how this will go but yeah <laughs> but we're gonna do this yeah yeah, that's really, that really is awesome. Um, have you felt like you've had to face any challenges um, from being a maker, entrepreneur, and being female in a traditionally kind of male-dominated field? 100%. The biggest challenge is nothing fits me. <laughs> I can't find any workwear or gloves or anything that will fit me well. Um, Have you tried dovetail yet? Have you tried dovetail workwear yet? No. Yes. So it's, um, I have a, a link on my Instagram page right now, um, but it's workwear made for women by women. Um, yes. And it, yes. <laughs> so it's all, it's all like jeans and stuff like that. Um, right now I'm wearing a pair of their new overalls and they're really, really awesome. They uh, reduce the amount of sawdust that gets found in all the nooks and crannies. Yes. Uh, so then I can <laughs> change the laundry over. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but <laughs> um, beyond that, uh, continue with the challenges. <laughs> uh, I guess it's mostly, well, I just, every time I go to the store, really, which, um, people are starting to recognize me from Instagram now, locally. And it started a little while ago, but um, went to Lowe's recently. So I've mostly been at Home Depot. And I think pretty much most people know my second son works at Home Depot. So I like to sneak in there and like, wave, like, there he is. He's so cute over there. And so I've mostly been at Home Depot. And people all know me there. But this time I went to Lowe's. And it was the cashier. And it was another woman who saw what I was purchasing. It was super biscuits and um well a slot tire so well it was a Morrison thing but I needed a slot for a bit and then I had candle so which is super random for me and she goes we all need to get ourselves something nice when we're out shopping for our husbands and I'm like no oh, it's all mine <laughs> and I didn't know I didn't want to be a butt like no lady if you're wrong but um I felt like I just needed to say like I'm doing this too. And I feel, I feel like I have to be a louder voice because we're overlooked a lot. Or like, oh, that's funny. You just have your husband do all the work. And recently I had somebody say to me, we don't ever see you working in your pictures. You might pose for a picture and then we see the finished product, but we don't ever see you working on it. Like, I promise you, that is 100% me. And I was, I felt kind of peaked when I heard that. And it was by another man. And I know he didn't mean anything by it, but I'm kind of glad he pointed that out because I'm like, no, you are right. Um, people are probably second guessing what I'm doing because I'm not posting 
me with you. You know, nobody's seeing, actually seeing me. But would any other man be questioned for that? You know, would, like if they're doing themselves, maybe closing whether work or by a tool and then the finished product, would anybody question if their wife built that for them? No. So that was where I was like, okay, this is here, buddy. <laughs> I, I have splinters in my hands. I promise you, this is me. And yes, my husband does help me, but it's not because he's a woodworker. It's because he wants to be near me. And it's not all the time. And it's 100% my design. Well, except for the coffee table. <laughs> he did a little part of that. But, um, you know, I feel like I have to justify what I'm doing. I'm doing it, we get um, ridiculed a lot on social media, especially YouTube. Now that I'm new to YouTube, I only have the one video with Izzy out, but I have more coming. And some of the comments in there are like, you're doing it wrong, or, you know, or, oh, you don't have PVE on. And it's, don't, I don't think that men would necessarily say that to other men. I think that they feel like they need to give their two cents because I'm a woman, and I have to, like, suppress that frustration and just be, I guess, okay with it. Like, I'm not ever, I don't think I'm going to change their mind by arguing. I'm going to change their mind by proving that I know what I'm doing, or at least I'm learning, and I'll eventually know what I'm doing. So that's my biggest challenge. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine. I mean, you're... Your social media influence is definitely greater than mine. And, you know, I get it sometimes. I don't get it very frequently, but to be honest, sometimes that's my like fear. And sometimes that can be my fear that holds me back from putting something out there because I don't want <laughs> to deal with like, you know, the negative comments or the, or whatever. But I have been able to, um, I guess get past that you know there's some people who will respond to like my videos of like well why do you dye it why are you ruining that perfectly good wood and usually my response is well just so you know i'm going to die in every video so here's your chance to unsubscribe yeah. and not watch because <laughs> i'm not changing because you don't like it um <laughs> you know that is the hardest part i Izzy and, and i've had many conversations about that and, I, and he's like girl you're just gonna have to Throw some thick skin, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna punch him in the face, you know? <laughs> How dare they? And in reality, like, everybody has an opinion, and mine isn't always the right one, right? So, I, and I don't go on other people's pages and like targeting my opinion, but that's me. If they feel like they need to express their opinion, so be it. What I've started doing is thanking them. So, thank you for coming onto my page. Putting in your two cents. I appreciate you. Have a fantastic day. That's the best response I feel like we can give without tearing up ourselves and ruining our day over somebody else's opinion that really doesn't matter at all to us. We don't know them. We don't really, you know, it doesn't affect me. So right. thank you for your opinion. I appreciate that. You, you added to my, uh, what do they call it when you're on there? You're, the um yeah the engagement rate engagement. like yes like so whether it's positive or negative yeah, yeah. You get the, they're helping you <laughs> they help you by basically helping to boost your yep <laughs> boost yeah. your so it can you know you can turn a negative into a positive 
and I'm learning that. That doesn't mean that some of these comments don't go the wrong way. I think the biggest thing too is, this is more recent than anything, is in the chat. Like, okay, I've been, been asking for marriage in messages and DMs. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, some of them I'm flattered. Thank you for taking the time. You know, that was very thoughtful. Happily married, but I do appreciate you taking the time to say something very kind. But then there's others that I'm afraid to open up some of the messages because they're pictures. <laughs> like, yeah, we're going to delete that one. And how do you stop that? You don't. Like, it just it gets worse and worse. And that was something I brought up recently. Like, what do you do? Like, I, this is new for me. And people saying things that are like derogatory. And my husband reads all every single comment. And so he's like, what are we going to say? I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to delete it and like move on. So that's, that's been hard recently. That's very new. And I still need to deal with that in a positive way. Well, I applaud you for taking that challenge head on. And I would say that, yeah, a lot of, um, again, I don't get as much notoriety as, as you do yet, but um, I've had like the random like marriage proposals and stuff too. And I'm like, you know, you obviously you would not do this to a man. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, no, yeah, yeah. Not interested, you know? Yep, yeah, yeah, that type of but thing. And like I said, some of it is flattering. I appreciate the, the ones that are heartfelt and, and they don't do anything. Right, right. Um, um, it's and most of the time when you're in taste I will say thank you. I appreciate that and move on. Yeah. Um, but if it gets any worse, then I will walk in and delete, which is unfortunate. Um, I hate to do that. Like, it tears me up inside to have to block and delete somebody or delete a message. But I've had to do it recently. Yeah. Um, well, you need to protect yourself and your family yeah. first. Um, <laughs> you know, you really do. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you bringing that challenge forward because I am. At, none of the maker moms have so far brought that challenge forward. You know, challenges that you did mention or name that are very similar. I think is when going to the big box stores and um, getting. Yeah, um, yeah, and that, you know, is there someone at home who can help you with that, or do you know how to use that, or, you know, a lot of times being asked, well, what are you making, as if they can, you know, uh, direct you to something different than what you already know that you need, type thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a very common challenge. Um, what... And it sounds like you're kind of already making this happen, but what are you hoping that your your kids get most out of watching you take this journey as a maker? And so in anything I've ever done, I've always always known that I had these little eyes watching. I've been very very careful um, about how I approach things because I always want to them to look up to me and be influenced and inspired by what I'm doing. They know I'm a hard worker. I've always been a hard worker, always had multiple jobs, always just grinding. And not that I necessarily care for them to do that. Um, I, I just want them to have passion in their, their hearts and do what makes them happy. And that was one thing I, I preached from the very beginning. 
like, hey, if you feel like college isn't for you, like, I kind of don't agree with that. But if, if you really feel in your heart, you don't need to go to college, then, hey, I'm going to support you in whatever your journey is. I just want you to be happy. Like, you need to be able to provide for yourself and you need to be happy. If making things or even being a garbage man is what makes you happy, go do that. And I will always support you. So for me, being a maker, you see how hard I work. I get up at 3 in the morning every day, most of the day. Um, I come home. I'm exhausted. And I may or may not take a nap. And I'm right back out in the shop. And I'm designing. I'm building. And I'm also working with companies now, too. So not only am I in the shop, but I'm in my office. And I'm balancing. You know, and I'm trying to do the dinner and hope they get from this is that hard work will eventually bring you happiness. You know, if you're working towards your goal. And that goal is going to change as time goes along, but you're headed in the right direction. I've never been one to just sit on the couch and you know like do nothing and just let the world pass me by. It's just, I'm, I'm a go-getter and I want to just be the same way. And I think that We've achieved that so far. They were all super smart. My youngest is doing college prep classes in eighth grade. Um, he studies very, very hard. He studies on the weekends. And I have never once had to look over his shoulder and say, hey, you didn't know homework? Hey, did you study for that test? Because he has seen, like, if you don't do it, you don't go and get it, then you're, you're not going to have it. And so it's the same thing for me. If I don't go out there and build, then we're, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna have anything. I'm not gonna have the furniture I want to have, or you know, the extra money if that was what that build was about. So I think they've learned like be a go getter, chase those dreams, and and keep chasing. You know, you're, and that's kind of what our life is. I don't think we ever chase a dream, get it, and then stop. You know, it, it morphs and it, it grows, and we grow. So I see my kids doing the same thing. So awesome. Uh, so my last question for you. Um, do you have any words of wisdom you'd like to share with other maker moms out there? Um, and I define, you know, makers, not necessarily just woodworking, but metalworking, crafting, um, any sort of creativity, I guess. I would say just do what makes you happy. Don't don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Do weird stuff, you know. It just if you're feeling it, keep going with that. And if you don't get a great response, who cares? Keep going. That's what made the great people great. If you look back in history, like they all were weird and did weird things compared to society's opinion, right? If we all followed and did what everybody else was doing, what makes us stand out and be special you know like sure we could put a twist on it but like what and why are you doing this like what is your motive is it that feeling that you get is it you know expressing yourself creativity creativity and if it is then don't put an end to that creativity uh, just do it and do what makes you feel good because your kids are watching, other women are watching, men are watching, people are watching. 
And when they are watching, they will be inspired by you, number one, doing what you love. Number two, not caring what other people's opinions are and just growing your brand. You know, the, the biggest thing is just be happy. You know, do what makes you happy. As long as it's legal, <laughs> do that. Because it is so great. Like, it is an amazing feeling when you make something and, it, and you didn't put anybody's opinion in that. It was something that whether you dreamt it or you thought of it or you drew it, however you created that mentally, you made it come to life and you should be so, so proud of that. Because it's 100% of your job. <laughs> that's a good two cents to have um well thank you again megan so much for taking the time to talk with me today how can people find you um and you said you're on instagram and youtube so yes. where can people find you and interact with you instagram is sweet aloha designs and youtube i don't have any videos up yet um i have a video with busy song on his YouTube channel and my YouTube channel is up but I haven't posted those videos yet so they're coming um, anybody wants to subscribe and hit the notification as soon as I start uploading those videos and they can watch them um, I'm not very involved in Facebook if I'm on there but I can't tell you the last time I posted on that so that might be a dead end for you okay um, so mainly right now it's Instagram and YouTube and probably going forward I'll get the other platforms so it's <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Awesome. And I'll be putting um, those links in the show notes so everybody can kind of pop over and um, check you out and give you a follow if they're not already doing that. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, you have a fantastic rest of your day, Megan. Thank you. You too. Yeah. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. Again, that was Megan with Sweet Aloha Designs. I will have all of her information, as always, in the show notes. You can find that at www.makermompodcast.com. And also, as always, I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom Podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.